1: It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanez, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. No. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Montana our favorite players NFC South edition who actually were the best teams by record an objective discussion in the NFL over the last decade and how about Justin Green, the recruiting coordinator and running backs coach for the Montana Grizzly football team? It is to tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN radio. Outstanding to be with you across the state on SWX Montana television. Also, of course, across Western Montana on 102.9 ESPN radio. Thanks so much for letting us be with you during this time on a beautiful day in Western Montana. Hopefully, starting to warm up basically everywhere else as well. A little springy out there, which is nice. Plenty of people getting outside. Maintaining some distance, but breathing some fresh air, which I think is probably good for everybody right about now, wouldn't you say? Uh, if you want to get us live on the World Wide Web, you're at your house, you're hanging out, you're doing your thing, go to your uh, you know, favorite browser, your uh, phone, your computer, whatever, 1029ESPN.com. You'll listen live there on the stream. The stream is available all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity, and all guests when they join us do so on the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today we have been we will continue our series of favorite players that uh, we have had by team we've been doing this division by division today the nfc south we will get into the falcons saints bucks and panthers our favorite players from them and uh, something that kind of caught me by surprise we'll get to here in a little bit uh in that segment as well we also are going to get ourselves into we, had, we started this conversation yesterday about who were the actually best teams because bill belichick and pete carroll were the two uh, all-decade coaches in this all-decade team that came out last year yep. and we were talking about well, probably the the, the the Patriots were the best team by record. I maintain that. I have not looked this up. I know you were doing the research on this. We said, I'm going to try and do a little guesswork, some trivia. It is a Wing It Wednesday, after all. Yep. So we'll do a little trivia on that. But we'll, we'll go through the best teams and who they actually were and see uh, who, who, who we're surprised by and who we are not surprised by that is on that list. So we'll get into that. We will have Wing It Wednesday. Here's what we're going to do. I have come up with not three, but five. Great, great. That's one man's opinion. It's easy to say it about yourself. Trivia questions for Coulter. If I stump Coulter with my trivia questions, if he gets three or less, uh, excuse me, if he, gets, if he misses three or more, okay, I am going to give away wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern at Gus Tutel on Twitter. If he gets three or more right, they're yours to give away. Uh, where are you going to do those? on what At what address? Uh, we'll do
0: it on Skyline Sports, okay. Skyline Sports MT, at Skyline Sports MT, but I'll retweet it on my at Coulter underscore Nuanez as well as the ESPN station handle too. I mean, we have... A lot of crossover followers Multiple on the handles. three accounts, Absolutely. but we also have a lot of independent followers on the three accounts. So we will uh, we'll get it done.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll uh, we will give those away as well. Top of the hour, looking forward to this. Justin Green, the recruiting coordinator and running backs coach for the Montana Grizzly football team. He joined us uh, earlier today. We had a great conversation with him. A lot of fun to talk to Coach Green. Obviously, a great player uh, with the uh, with the Grizzlies. An unbelievable, an all time player. Uh, went to the NFL. Spent five seasons. Uh, around the uh, the league and then has been at the University of Montana for like 10 years, like 2011, if you talk about the, the graduate assistant. Yep. Uh, so uh, th- we're, we're, we're appreciative of him uh, being here with us, and we will uh, have that conversation. So there you go. There is the show today. Coulter, let's rock and roll, my man. Nice to see you here on a Wednesday. What a beautiful day. Did you get outside at all? Did you get a walk at all? Uh, I did get a in?
0: walk in today, yeah. Okay. I would encourage every person. I know that uh, it's funny because – your mother always tells you things throughout your life, and you're always like, yeah, sure, whatever, Mom. But the vitamin D th- theories of my mother are, are so true. Would just get a little vitamin D, whether it's supplementation in the gray, cold winter of Missoula or yep. when the sun's really out, just go outside. I promise you, 20 minutes even, change your whole life.
1: Let's go through the NFC South and our favorite players in the NFC South. The, uh, the South, I don't know, is such an interesting The NFC South does not get a lot of run up here, okay, in the mountain time zone in the state of Montana. Right,
0: and this is actually a big point of contention between you and I because in our rankings of the divisions in the NFL, I think that because we talk about the league so much, we're on the same page about a lot of the divisions. I don't think yeah. there's much debate between the two of us how good both the AFC and the NFC West are, how mm-hmm. good the AFC North is. But I think there is a fracturing between our opinions on the NFC South mm-hmm. because I actually think the NFC South is one of the four best and sometimes even one of the three best divisions in football. And I think it's partly because you – you ha- I always make fun of you for your mental blocks over certain t- players and teams – the Dolphins are one. We talked about that yesterday. The Falcons are one for
1: you as well. Hate the Falcons. The Falcons are, it's a huge mental problem. I don't even hate you. the Falcons. They're just, they're not good. They're, they're, I they're, know, but they're, they're better than you think they are. No, they aren't. They, they aren't. went to the Super Bowl more recently I, I, than the Packers. I know that they went to the Super Bowl, but they, 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 they were like one in six to start the season. And they understand, understand, always you will do be, this.
0: You'll be shocked in our second no. segment when we do the worst to the best of the NFL. You'll be shocked where the Falcons are at. No,
1: I won't. Um, here we go. Let's start, though, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Colter, a favorite player from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, this is not even close. I think for probably a lot of people, it's maybe not that close. There's a ton of great players, obviously, on that Super Bowl winning team, the Super Bowl winning, you know, the defense. That was one of the all-time great defenses, both in terms of of personnel and personalities and John Lynch and and Derek Brooks and, and, and so on. And there's been some really fun and interesting good players, you know, right through to the current day. Right. I obviously am going to identify Steve Young as a 49er but I sure. of course he he played uh, at time in Tampa Bay but Warren Sapp is my favorite one of my favorite players of absolutely all time period and without question my favorite Tampa Bay buccaneer.
0: It's actually funny that we're we're gravitating towards the same guys in so many of these uh, non-battleground franchises.
1: Yeah. We haven't gotten out west but when we get out no.
0: west we have a lot of delineation in terms of the teams we like and don't like both in the AFC and the NFC. Obviously when we get in the north that's cut and dry. You're Packers on Vikings, that's it. Yeah. But it's actually funny with these like you said, the divisions that don't get a lot of run. I mean, the NFC East gets a lot of run everywhere. The Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Eagles are always on national TV. And the Giants yeah. too. They're always on national TV. Yeah. The AFC East, because of the Patriots, I think you get more run than maybe you'd like just because you see the Pats on there a lot. But the NFC South is it is. It's one of those ones, especially because where we live, so often the NFC national game they're gonna show in Montana is going to be the Seahawks or the Vikings or the Packers or the Bears. Not any of these teams, but I think it's interesting that we have the same favorite players on a lot of these. Warren Sapp yeah. is also my favorite Tampa Bay. Well, it Virginia. has to be,
1: man, because it's, it's, he's an unbelievable player. What he, I think he had 96 and a half sacks in his career. Now, he did finish his career in Oakland, okay, right. so four, four or five years with the Raiders, but the bulk of his career was with Tampa. And But, but again, he is one of two guys, and they went head-to-head, and the other is Brett Favre, that just played with the, the, the pure joy of it in a sport that is just so violent and so physical and you have to have a certain uh, mental illness to love playing football, I guess is how I'll say it, but but still the thrill of it and the fun of it and those guys going after each other all the time or more more aptly said Warren going after Brett Favre and Favre trying to avoid, you know, having 300 pounds just come down on top of him all the time, but those guys love the competition of it, but you could see it and there's a lot of guys that do. Plenty of guys that do, but th- the way that it expressed itself on the field was just so obvious for Warren Sapp, and obviously one of the great personalities, too. Now, look, we, we are aware of, you know, transgressions of Warren Sapp both, you know, during his playing days and since then, okay? So, okay. But when you talk about him as a player, I mean, it's just he's one of the most fun guys to ever watch, and certainly my favorite Buccaneer.
0: Warren Sapp's among the greatest defensive tackles of all time, absolutely. But I would argue that there's a couple of guys that maybe are individually better than him. I think Aaron Donald's a little bit better than him right now. I think that you know, some other guys like Cortez Kennedy was certainly in the mix during his prime in the 90, in the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. um, and several other guys come to mind. But I, I would say this about Warren Sapp. A lot of times there's these these windfall moments in sports and it's harder to, for it to happen in football and it's ultimately so hard for it to happen in football on defense where one guy is so transcendently talented and so diverse that you can actually create something new within the scope of the game because of him. Mm. Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Simeon Rice, those guys were all pro players because of Warren Sapp. The Tampa Two defense that Tony Dungy was able to build in with, with the Bucks, that whole concept, which then brought cover two coverage to the forefront of the NFL, and made it the thing that everybody almost almost everybody across the board made as their base defense if they weren't playing man on the outside. It all stems from the the early 2000s Bucks, and that all stems from Warren Sapp when the 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 phrase three tech, the three technique defensive tackle. That's commonplace now. People, I think most people that follow football at least have a broad idea of what that is. It's not the nose. It's not the right over the center guy. It's the D-tackle that plays a little shade off, and a guy that maybe is the more athletic tackle that can make some plays. Warren Sapp invented that. They invented a defense around him, and it influenced the whole rest of the NFL. And I think that that's what makes both Sapp and the Bucks a completely unique franchise and a completely unique player in NFL history because the Bucks were – I think unquestionably the worst franchise in the league when they were an expansion team. Yeah. Seventies, eighties, nineties until they drafted SAP. Then
1: yeah, they had I mean, a they had, they, had, they had a couple w- zero win seasons, zero win seasons, yeah. and yeah.
0: then they had a ten year span where they were at least okay and at sometimes good and won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then since then they've been horrible. There's no other franchise really. Even most teams when they get to the point where they are in the playoffs, even if they don't get back to that Super Bowl level, they can at least be okay. Yeah. They can sometimes go five hundred or have a ten win season here or whatever. The Bucks were. The worst in the league, serviceable to the, the elite, and then nothing again. Yeah. And so much of that is because of one guy. They had this innovative scheme that everybody then stole from. But I just think that Sapp, although he was, an abs- I mean, he was a first-battle Hall of Famer, he was the NFL defensive player of the year during his career, I still think he's sort of underrated because even as great as Aaron Donald is individually or Cortez Kennedy or Dan Klecko or whatever D-tackle you want to name, there's never been a guy that they built a scheme around that was as, as important as Warren Sapp was during his career. Most memorable? The Bucks have actually had a lot of memorable guys they because have. those Dungy Gruden Bucks had so many characters, a lot of outlaw-type guys on there, but also some guys that are just great, good guys. I mean, Warwick Dunn has made so, mm. so much news after his career because yeah. he's done this just phenomenal program where he builds houses for single mothers. It's like Habitat for Humanity for single mothers. Yep. And it's amazing. He's built hundreds of houses. I mean, it's one of the great uh, philanthropic acts by former players. He himself, just because he was such a scat back and he was so small but yet so productive, he's memorable. Derek Brooks, Simeon Rice, all those guys, John Lynch that we named, memorable. But to me, the most memorable buck, aside from SAP, is Mike Allstott. Really? Mike Allstott was was a -a one-of-a-kind guy. I mean, after John Riggins retired, there was no... Fullback like that.
1: Listen, Mike, Mike Allstott is great. It's a giant Brad Pitt running around, which does you some favors. <laughs> that part helps. The reason, honestly, the, the biggest reason that I think he's remembered is Chris Berman. Chris Berman, probably, the Chris Berman's part of it. Also, you know,
0: another reason he was remembered? And this is a phenomenon that was really only prevalent in the late 90s to early 2000s video games. Mm. Video games are still obviously a huge thing. But the ratings in video games now, they're so systematic and they're so detailed. I mean, they put every single guy, like, in a movement suit. They know exactly how these guys are. And so the rankings, there's no, like, crazy rankings. The guys who you think are the best players are the best players. Back in those uh, NFL quarterback club games on the Nintendo 64, All-Star was... He was like Bo Jackson in Techmo Bowl, but better. <laughs> and I think that that made him, I mean, because you, you kind of just knew, oh, well, if I'm the Bucks, I can. I got this dude. I, I got all can I can roll.
1: All right. Uh, let's go to the Carolina Panthers. My favorite Carolina Panther of all time is, is, well, it's a little bit split. One of them is obvious and the right answer, and the other one not so much. But Julius Peppers is going to be my favorite Carolina Panther of all
0: time. I'm there there with
1: you. Uh, Julius Peppers, I mean, who's playing basketball at North Carolina and then playing football in the NFL? Well, and at North Carolina too, yes. But, I mean, it's his – I stood next to Julius Peppers in the locker room in his skiffs. It's it's hard – for me to be physically afraid of another person just in the uh, proximity I have to them. And, I mean, you understand, like, okay, first of all, this was after one of the worst defeats in the history of the NFL when he was with the Green Bay Packers in Seattle in the NFC Championship game. And his last real shot at going to a Super Bowl, which should have been them going to a Super Bowl. So the mood is already glum, to say the least. And who's going to ask Julius Peppers the first question? And I just said, you know, I just, I think I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm six feet away. I started social (laughs) distancing that day with Julius Peppers. I mean, one of the ultimate uh, physical specimens. But I mean, not just that. I mean, there's been plenty of dudes who can win the shirt off contest. But nobody like Julius Peppers in terms of no. covering ground, sacking the quarterback, and and just again the game wrecking type individual It's just so much harder to be an individual problem in a, in a sport where there's 22 guys on the field. And Julius Peppers was that for a decade for the Carolina Panthers.
0: Is he the most naturally physically gifted player in NFL history?
1: I don't. I couldn't sit here and definitively say he is, but I cannot absolutely at all think of somebody who i would put ahead of him
0: i really just i can't think of anybody that has his height length and mass to go mm-hmm. within speed and agility.
1: I mean, Aaron Donald might... Aaron Donald's not nearly as big as well, Julius Peppers, but his, his get-off and stuff is so crazy. Well, his, his, his
0: explosiveness is so amazing. With but Donald, strength, Donald's man. also made himself in the weight room, and he'll be the first to tell you that, too. I mean, he's only 6'2", only. But he's 6'2", not 6'7".
1: Right. No, I mean, he's... And he's, he's, he's 280 pounds. He's much I mean,
0: smaller. He's a, than an unbelievable specimen, Peppers. but I'm just talking about your physical gifts. I mean, if Julius Peppers would have never even known what sports were. He is still six foot seven, two hundred and eighty five pounds. Absolutely. But then you add what he has. I mean there was that article in Sports Illustrated when he was doing the double dip at North Carolina. And there's the the story of him doing backflips not handsprings, but backflips from end zone line to end zone line. Think of that. Even to be able to do one standing backflip and land it at any size is unbelievable. To be able to do it at 300 pounds is not possible. Yeah, I, I mean, there's really no there's there's no 300 pounders that have the muscle and body composition of him. The the low body fat, and but it's not just that he's looks like a statue. It's also then that he wasn't just a D1 basketball player. He started at North Carolina. Look, man, And then I, also yeah. had one of the most unbelievable NFL careers that we've seen. I mean, isn't he's top five all-time in sacks, right? I mean, he has 160 sacks. Like we were saying yesterday, he plays up and down the line. I mean, throw the position out the window. He can play everything. He can play just, nose, three-tech, five-tech, four-eye, strong-end, weak-end, edge, whatever you want, he can play it.
1: The, in, in 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 a league like the NFL where every dude is a physical freak, where every dude is an alpha, where every dude you know, is professionally paid to go and be as as crazy in the gym and on the field as they can possibly be. There's a handful of guys where even those guys go, I don't want to – and when when Julius Peppers – puts the helmet on, and brings the black visor down. Him, and you know the other guy I think of, is Steven Jackson. Like, Steven Jackson and oh, Marshawn yeah. Lynch later on, but Steven Jackson even bigger than oh, Marshawn. Oh. And when he had those dreads going, that was when the Lord of the Rings had come out. Mm-hmm. And he, I swear to you, the only comp for Steven Jackson is one of the bad dudes <laughs> the from Orcs. the Lord of the Rings <laughs> r- running around with their with their giant that's axes. Good. I mean, it's incredible, that, this guy. That's so good. That's good. that was Julius Pepper. I also though. think we... we uh, maybe
0: undersell a little bit too. When we think of the state, when we think of the Carolinas, especially North Carolina, we think Hmm. of basketball. College basketball, college basketball, college basketball. It's hard to understate though that, I mean, I think that on a national level, it's not recognized as much, but you have a kid from Wilson, North Carolina, who goes to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and, and then gets place. drafted by the Carolina Panthers, yeah. and then after leaving and playing for a couple of storied franchises in the in the Bears and the Packers, then returns to Carolina and retires yeah. too. I, I don't know if that resonates. North Carolina doesn't have the, the national NFL brand like so many other cities like we were talking about the other day when we were talking about Al Kaline. But then you have...
1: I'm sure in that region he is as revered as anyone. Absolutely. Here's the other thing that I just wanted to point out quickly about Carolina as an organization. And by the way, I got one more p- player that I that I'm going to uh, uh uh highlight here. But Carolina is was it 96 when they it was them in Jacksonville, right? Where the two expansion franchises That were the most recent expandees, okay? Yep, that's right. I think it was ninety five. Ninety five, okay. But they
0: then the next year, I think that they both like went far in the playoffs, right? Right,
1: and and so I mean, but you're talking about just a twenty five year history and nothing like the duration of many of the franchises. But when you look at the list of players that have played for the Carolina Panthers, they are. Is good and in many cases better than many of the more established franchises. Even going historically, I mean, you talk about D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan, yep. Stewart. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, yep. Steve Smith, Cam Newton, yep, Greg and Olson. Luke Keekley Greg Olson. Like, I mean, these are these are like all time types Chris of Richardson, dudes. The, the big D tackle, John Casey, is obviously great. You know, very good kicker Thomas the, Davis within within the thing. Thomas Davis, who had his arm looking like a football playing in a Super Bowl when they sewed that thing up. I mean, incredible. So I, I just wanted to like when I started to go through the list of Carolina Panthers, I was like, wow. I mean, this is there is some dudes. But my my other favorite guy, and it is Julius Peppers, but the one that I would also take is Josh Norman. Josh Norman only played what four years for Carolina, not very long. Probably The opposite of beloved
0: in Carolina, given the contract that he took with the Washington Redskins. Well,
1: I mean, maybe, but here's here's the funny thing. He's so, a
0: Carolina guy too, though. Shout out Coastal Carolina. FCS. That's right. The FCS at the
1: time. Now they're in the FBS. Uh, but when he, you know, he did what a lot of players do is they took the money and went to a place where they're just never going to win it, and that's at Washington. And so, you know, you make those choices, and he he certainly. He is not anything like the player or something like that of a, of a Julius Peppers. But first of all, he's another one of those guys where at his peak for two, three seasons, he was among and in the conversation for the best corner in the league, but also with, without doubt the best talker in the league. I mean, the, the absolute greatest. And, and that goes so far with me. Not like any guy can get out there and, you know, talk a bunch of junk and do all this kind of thing. Thoughtful, funny just under your skin beautiful just not just just giving it to absolutely anybody that wanted a piece and that uh made me so very happy and some of the great mic'd up episodes have hinged on josh norman and uh you know that's why i love him so there you go
0: Uh, is there any i mean my my most memorable is cam newton do you have any argument well Newton's unbelievably polarizing but cam newton it's honestly, it's too bad what's happened to Cam Newton in the last couple of years because we talk about the it factor that is Zion Williamson. Mm. Regardless of if Cam has the it factor in terms of being able to be appealing, because I think he'll always be polarizing, he still has that gravitas, that star power. Absolutely. I mean, Cam Newton, Cam Newton had everybody's eyes on him the moment he stepped on the field at Auburn, and they never left. And I hope that he can make it back because I just think the character that he is is it's just good for professional sports in America.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, he is the most memorable Carolina Panther. I'll just leave it at that. It's two tell the one is one ESPN radio. All right, Colton, let's go to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Who do you got? My favorite Atlanta Falcon. And this is a choice by me in terms of slotting, but I'm going to put Deion Sanders as an Atlanta Falcon, uh, having played in Tallahassee, a relatively close locale to, uh, to Atlanta, Georgia. And you know, opened his career there, was drafted there in 1989 in four is it four seasons. I think 24 interceptions and 10 touchdowns. I mean, nobody was like the pick six is if you get one in your career, it is it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, when's the next house call coming for Dion? And then everybody stopped throwing to him. That's right. Or at him, I guess, and 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 then and then. So what do you do? Well, you put him at kickoff, or you put him at punt return, right. and he still just does whatever he wants. So Deion Sanders is my favorite Atlanta Falcon. Uh, in terms of guys who've been like full time Atlanta Falcons, I mean, first of all, I know Croy Bierman's got to be high on a lot of people's lists around here, but Julio Jones is is very tough to beat, in my opinion. Julio Jones, in terms of like a career guy, is the best Falcon of all time. I mean, I think that he. He is as good as it gets, and I'd have to go back through and check the exhaustive list. But in terms of the dude, like when I talk about the best player ever, I generally cash it out in football, not about is Julio Jones a better player than Julius Peppers. It's a very hard comparison to try and make. But I would say Julius Peppers is the best at his position in relation to the history of the NFL than any other player is at their position in the history of the Atlanta Falcons. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: Atlanta as a city, I think, has one of the most distinct reputations, identities, right? I mean, Atlanta has such a rich culture Mm -hmm. that is distinctly Georgia, distinctly Atlanta. And the meshing or lack thereof with its pro sports teams over the years has been fascinating. Sometimes the Hawks have nailed it with their roster composition, because I think it matters in certain places more than other places. I really do. I think a lot of places out West, you can roll anybody out there and it'd be good, but there's such a distinct meshing between the Atlanta culture and its athletes and when they hit it with Deion Sanders, when they hit it with Andre Risen, when they hit it with Michael Vick, those guys become... Otherworldly in their star mm-hmm. power, mm-hmm. and I think that's why even though Dion played, I think pretty much equal years for the 49ers and the Cowboys, he'll always be remembered as a Falcon. Because partially because of it, he'll always be remembered as the Brave, right? And like the, it, it, the,
1: exactly the two sport deal going on for and three like years. The,
0: the Atlanta Braves for a decade, they nailed the the meshing with the Atlanta culture on both the Southern side. I mean, in, in every side, they nailed it. and But then they've had a hard time getting it back. The Hawks have been in and out, which has been so fascinating. But I do think they have a dude right now in Trey Young that could really be beloved by people in Atlanta. But you know, you look at the, the Falcons' best teams, it's been when they've had – I mean, remember the Dirty Bird Falcons of in the late 90s? I mean, those guys, they just they just encompassed what Atlanta is. And I think that's why they were so beloved and they went all the way to the Super Bowl. My favorite Atlanta Falcon is the middle linebacker from that team, Jesse Tuggle. Mm. He's a guy that maybe a lot of people don't remember. No, why? Uh, I mean, Jesse Tuggle had – I've never seen statistics like this. I've never seen statistics like this. He had three straight 200 tackle seasons. I didn't know anybody ever had 200 tackles in his NFL season. He had three straight. Wow. That is a lot. (laughs) It goes back to video (laughs) games too. I mean, I remember playing with the Falcons often because those late 90s Falcons teams with – With Tuggle and uh, Mathis on defense, Robert Mathis Mm. on defense, and then they had there was one other great defensive player on those teams. But then they also had Chris Chandler, who's above average at quarterback, Jamal Anderson, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh, You know, a couple really good receivers, Tony Martin, Terrence Mathis as receivers, those guys, and Tony Gonzalez as a tight end. Those those were good teams for sure. Uh, But I yeah, I mean Jesse Tuggle, it's just a. It's just one of those random ones, but it was the number one guy that popped into my head because I just remember loving his football cards and just loving him as a player when I was a kid.
1: Last one, New Orleans Saints. Um, There's a lot of Saints that I really like. A couple of great defensive players. One currently Cameron Jordan, one formerly Will Smith. Uh, I always liked Joe Horn. If you were hiding an actual cell phone inside of the pad of the upright, you're okay with me, but... I mean, I'm just gonna do the thing that I think a lot of people would do in this case and just say it is Drew Brees. Like my favorite my favorite Saint is Drew Brees. He he is the best player to ever play for the franchise. He got them a Super Bowl. The the New Orleans Saints, I mean, again, people people will remember this certainly, but it just can't be overstated. I mean, they're the Browns. They are the worst team, just just market. They're just gonna be awful, period, all the time. And their fortunes started to turn, but they turned completely with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and that tandem. And I do think that it matters that it's a tandem uh, has has not weathered the storm. They have brought this team to be Super Bowl champions, be absolutely one of the best franchises in all of football, uh, and uh, certainly in the NFC. And Drew Brees has done it with with first of all such skill, such amazing skill set. What, what he's the It's an all time leader in passing yards
0: and touchdowns.
1: And touchdowns. So he's got that, but also with such class, man. I mean, he's just, he has just always been just so steady, such an underrated athlete because of how, you know, everybody talks about his accuracy and everything, and that's true. But you don't play in this league for that long, and the things that he can actually do, you know, physically is pretty remarkable. But also, you know going through something like hurricane katrina and that whole team and what that meant to that town but also his you know not not just willingness but desire to become a a grafted member of the the city of new orleans you know and 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 what that meant at that time and continues to mean uh for a city that that never did fully rebuild you know in a lot of places uh he you know Uh, was was still a major part of both the physical and I think mental emotional healing through uh, the worst time in the history of that of that the modern history anyway of that city he's
0: certainly the greatest player in franchise history he's certainly the most memorable player in franchise history he's certainly the most beloved player in probably the history of the city any pro athlete that's ever played there save maybe Pete Maravich I think it's Drew Brees my favorite Saint, though, I, I, I thought about Breeze because I actually really liked Drew Brees as well. I thought about Deuce McAllister. I, I loved Deuce back in the early 2000s. I thought yep. about Ricky Williams. It's hard to define Ricky as a Saint, though, because he played so much more of his career with the Dolphins. Right. I've always been a huge Ricky Williams fan, though. thought about Roman Harper. I think he's my favorite Saints defender.
1: Reggie Bush. but I,
0: Reggie Bush is a good one, but I went with Willie Rofe. Because hmm. I think Willie Rofe, I think there was a group of four guys. You know, The book The Blind Side has gained such prominence yep. over the years. And there's always the famous story of Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge, breaking Joe Namath's leg. Everybody decided we got to invest in left tackles. So many of the guys that they tried to invest in, from Tony Mandruch all down the line, they were busts. But there was a group in the mid '90s that nailed it, and that's when people realized it's not just about size and bulk; it's about athleticism. And it was Willie Rolfe, Orlando Pace, Jonathan Ogden, and Tony Baselli. And those dudes were the big dudes who could also move. And then Randall McDaniel was in that group too. Yeah. who ended up playing for the Vikings. But Rolfe, he was kind of that first dude. And then he hung on all the way until the end and was able to get a ring with that Super Bowl title team. But I remember always loving him. And when you're building your Madden franchise as a kid, you're always trying to hope when Willie Rolfe's a free agent. So it so you it can always sign comes in.
1: back to the video. I game.
0: mean, man, video games teach kids in rural areas more about sports than I think almost anything. <laughs> yeah, I really do, man. That's true. I asked Braden Cockle, former All-American Sadie for the Bobcats. I said, how did you learn so much about football growing up outside Belgrade, Montana? He goes, Bro, I play Madden. That's
1: it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Very good. This is fun. We'll continue with this uh, throughout the rest of this week and into next. AFC them- South tomorrow. Is that what we're doing?
0: Yep. Okay. Take a look. So we got the AFC East, the NFC East done. AFC or now the uh, NFC South, and now we'll have the, uh, the AFC South tomorrow. And then we'll start moving west. And then we'll start moving west. west. We're west. saving the NFC uh, right. North for right.
1: last. All right. Take a break. On the other side, we will get into. Uh, the best and worst teams of the decade by record, which is maybe something that people uh, haven't really considered all that much. Like who's actually been, okay, well, you get it, the Patriots are the most dominant team of the decade, but who else has been great? And by the way, who else has been awful? We'll get to that right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper, they're your beer, wine, and liquor stock-up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need. Now head over to the Silver Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They also have Tarantino's Pizza to go. Silver Slipper, how about this? Pizza? and cocktails to go. You call them up, you get them set up, and the liquor store, they're open from 11 to 8 daily, okay? But get this, right now, during Tutel the from 4 to 6 every afternoon, the liquor store has happy hour. That means you get the employee discount on bottles of liquor from four to six every weekday afternoon they got the friendliest staff in town even in the midst of a national crisis so get to the slipper silver slipper where it's all about great food tasty beverages and their urge to have a good time the silver slipper has what you're looking for visit online at the lounge.com for more info they're across the street from super walmart on brooks stop by today see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business, from advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections. We're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: fan, Coulter? What do you think, Gus? She's Canadian. She's Canadian, right, Tommy? I believe Avril Levine uh, is uh, from north of the border there. Couldn't tell you. All I know
0: is that she's a heck of a lot better than Dave Matthews. <laughs> he just says the guy who he's, texts me after midnight about Dave Matthews at least once a week. He's because hallucinating
1: the again. He's getting baptized. The fire. Went and saw Avril Levine. You did? I sure did. Well, I'm supposed
0: to go see Dave Matthews. I'm only in about four figures for this, so if it gets canceled, i will be real mad.
1: Uh, I should clarify, I was working as a fundraiser for the lacrosse team at, at the concert. A okay. lot of youngsters at the I, uh, I, I Avril like Levine it. show. Had I to like keep it. them under control. Uh, it's 2 tell New Orleans, <laughs> 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, all right Coulter we, we, we did We went through these all decade teams earlier this week. We did uh, the NFL coming out with the all decade teams for the 2010 through 2019 seasons and it got us to talking about well who were actually the best teams of the decades yep. you know and so obviously you sit here and you say well the New England Patriots you know are unquestionably the best team i don't even know for sure that they had the best record though that will be my guess that they did have the best record but you said well let's do some trivia here yep. about the best and worst teams of the decade and see what we see what we think we know and see what's real and what's not real so, so the, you got the answers to this yep, test yep, I and do. i got no answers i
0: do so the impetus of this conversation is twofold one Uh, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll were named the coaches of the decade. So basically, Bill Belichick, the AFC coach of the decade. I think that's indisputable. I was surprised it wasn't a unanimous selection. Crazy. Pete Carroll named basically the coach of the decade in the NFC. And I thought, well, that's probably pretty good. But I would love to know where the Seahawks record over the last 10 years would rank Mm -hmm. amongst both the NFC and fellow NFL opponents. Right. And is there any other coaches? We kind of mentioned, well, does Mike Tomlin have an argument to be on this list from the Steelers? Does J- Jim Harbaugh, or excuse me, John Harbaugh from the Ravens have right. an argument to be on this list? Um, you know, it, it might it, be. And, it, and
1: by on this list, we mean. The other
0: coach, right. But then when you think about Harbaugh and you think about Tomlin, uh. They're in the AFC, and it's very clear. Well, it was, I mean, it, 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 it could have been two. You could have done sure, two for the same conference, been. but it, I think that part of it was AFC, NFC. Either way, so that's that's one of them. And then the other one is just uh, to maybe either affirm or disprove some of your notions of who actually are the okay. most st- solid franchises in the league. I'll, so one of the the seven questions I wrote for you, which I actually think seven I'll just, questions. I'll actually think I'll just lead with this Please. statistic rather. than I won't ask you this question. This okay. is actually just a statistic to lead with. So. Okay. Over the last ten years, there's only fourteen teams in the league with over five hundred records. Okay,
1: about half. About just under, half, just right? Under. Okay.
0: And uh, there's only, let's see, there's only six teams with records of five hundred of more than twenty five games under five hundred. So basically, what it, I'm getting at here is the, the NFL is. Is exactly how we would expect a salary cap league to look, and this is this is what I argue every year. There's only a couple teams that have way worse talent than everybody else. There's only a couple teams that have way better talent than everybody else. Almost everybody else is in the middle. Yeah. Do you stay healthy, and how's your quarterback play? That's what's going to determine the difference between ten and six, and six and ten. Mm-hmm. To get to twelve or or fall to two, those are the teams that are really bad yeah. or really good, yeah. or maybe catch lightning in a bottle. So let's start with this: Who are the five worst teams in the NFL over the last decade?
1: Well. I mean, Cleveland.
0: Cleveland's the worst team in the NFL. 47, or excuse me, 42 and 117. Absolutely the worst record of the decade by more than 10 games.
1: Is that right? Um, okay, Cleveland. I mean, Buffalo's been good recently, but for a good portion of the decade, they were not good. Uh, they've been, I mean, they've been pretty good the last three or four years, though. It's so, not the Bills. Yeah. Um, is Tampa on this Tampa list? Bay
0: is the third worst team in the league. They okay. went 59 and 101. Still a full 17 games better than the Browns. Um, is Arizona? Arizona's not. Arizona's okay. actually better than you think. Arizona okay. went 75 and 83, so they were kind of right in that middle. They were 19th among win
1: totals. Okay. Um, wait, their Super Bowl year against uh, Pittsburgh was that in this decade or was it that the that was previous? the first year of
0: this decade oh yes. it was
1: okay so that that's a little more recent than i i thought it was maybe like 08-09, but i guess uh, i guess not okay uh other well cincinnati cincinnati has actually they went a, to the playoffs like 6 years in a row and i think more and they like lost 10. okay okay
0: they went to the playoffs pretty much every year in a marvelous so the bengal's are right back smack dab in the middle 77 so, and 81 17th detroit's got to be there right uh, the lions are 22nd Okay, so they're not even in the bottom ten. Jags, the Jags are the second worst team of the decade. Yeah, at uh, th- they went fifty-one and one hundred and nine, so only nine games better than the Browns.
1: Okay, how you about be- how about Washington?
0: Washington is fourth worst. They're team. fourth. Okay, yep. so let's. So well, there you let's go. Say so I they, got four, you got four, okay. and then the Raiders are the other one.
1: Oh, re- okay.
0: And yeah. The other ones that are that are uh, more than more than twenty games under five hundred included the New York Jets, the Tennessee Titans, which surprised mm. me. Dolphins, better record than the Titans. There's no way you would have got that question, right? I don't think I would have either.
1: Yeah, but still what seventh, eighth
0: worse? Yep. Yeah. But the Titans have made the playoffs a couple times. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This one's the most surprising of the bottom ten, though. The New York football Giants. Mm. 24th, 70 and 90. Hmm. All the way up through then wow. the the Rams of both St. Louis and LA or 21st. The Bears 20th. I thought that was a little surprising. The okay. Bears are usually better than you think. Chargers 18th. Panthers up to 16. So now those, right, so are, those we'll go you, to the, the top. There's the bottom half. So now okay. I'll, I'll let you guess the top five. The teams. five best. Okay. Yep. Well, I'll say New England. New England is the best team of the last decade by a full 23 games. Yeah. A season and a half of football is what the New England Patriots were better than everyone else
1: 125 and 35. They lost 35 games in a decade. Think of that. Now, is this including postseason? This is not numbers? including postseason. Because okay, here's the thing. New England is unquestionably okay, unquestionably the best team of the decade. Okay, and and this this only serves to further the point. They also have played in one of the otherwise worst divisions, I mean maybe the worst division of the decade, with the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets all sitting in there all together. Yeah, only division in the the NFL where
0: all four, or uh, the other three teams besides the Patriots, were in the bottom half. And obviously the
1: Patriots are responsible for them being in the bottom half, but but they're also responsible for the Patriots having five to six divisional wins a year.
0: You have the Bills at 23rd, the Dolphins at 25th, and the Jets at 27th, so you have terrible Three bottom third teams so, in the same you know, division.
1: Uh, just for what it's worth. Uh I would say that Green Bay's got to have a pretty good record. Green Bay Packers,
0: second best record yeah. in the NFL over the last ten years, one oh two and fifty six.
1: Yeah. Um well I know that you're gonna tell me Atlanta's there because we've been we've been yelling at each other about this.
0: Atlanta's in the top ten, they're not in the top. 10. Okay, okay. Atlanta's ninth. So
1: they are eighty nine and seven. Here's the thing I'm gonna maybe surprise you with, and maybe I'm wrong. I actually don't think Seattle's in the top five. They are.
0: Are they? They are. Okay, well, then Seattle. <laughs> Seattle is number four. Okay. 159.
1: Because here's the thing about Seattle. Pete Carroll took over in, like, 2013 or
0: 2012. No, no, he took over in 2010. in the coach for the duration of this decade. you one, sure? One losing season
1: in 2011. That's amazing to me. I guess that's right, because 2011 is uh I mean, not that anybody when i moved out of Seattle. so uh and and because I, I, you know, so okay. I, I was there 2010 to present okay i was there i was there for holmgren's last you know for holmgren's run including that super bowl and then jim mora jr was the head coach mm. for one season and won i think four games one of the absolute worst season, terrible team. And I thought that was in this decade, which is why I said that. So, okay, so Seattle's four, uh, and that comes as no surprise. Who else has been really good over the course of this time? I mean, you know who it is. Well, I mean, I do know who it is. I know all 32 teams. I mean, you just
0: you just praised them at the end of the last segment. Is that right? The Saints. The yeah. Saints. Okay. Just one loss behind. The only reason the Seahawks were fours is because they had a tie. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> so the Saints went 160, <laughs> so that means their average is 10-6, yeah. which is really good. Yeah. Seattle went 159 and one. Okay. Steelers and Packers each went 102, and the Packers got the nod because the Packers are the only team in the NFL in the last decade with two ties. How
1: about that? Um, who would be the uh, – I mean, are the Ravens in there? The Ravens are sixth. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think this is number five, but San Francisco has been to a couple. San Francisco's fifteenth because they've oh, been wow. sort of up and they, down. Yeah, they've had it, they, but know, they, are, they are over five hundred, so they are yeah. on the good side of, of yeah. this. Um, man, who would be who would be one of the other missing three from the top well, ten? Pittsburgh, you know, has you said, been assistant. Oh, so good. the Steelers
0: are third. Uh, you hadn't had the Steelers yet. Okay, Sears, Sears, they're, Sears they're third. Sears okay, third, that's yeah. the
1: that's the one that I was looking for. Okay, yeah. there.
0: All right. So then the rest of the top 10, the Chiefs are 7th, the Broncos 8th, the Falcons 9th, Eagles 10th, the Cowboys 11th, Vikings 12th, Colts 13th, Texans 14th. How about that? Little, I was a little surprised that the Falcons were better than all three, the Vikings, Eagles, and Cowboys. Yeah, I mean. I was also a little bit surprised that the Chiefs were the 7th best team, the of The Chiefs have always been solid to, to good. It's just so funny because they have one of the most uh, commiserating fan bases. And so you always yeah. think the Chiefs are worse or more heartbroken
1: than they actually but, but are. But just let's go this the top five in order again: are New England, yep, Green Bay, yep, Pittsburgh, yep, Seattle, Seattle
0: and then New Orleans. New Orleans, yep, and then Baltimore, Kansas City, Denver, Atlanta, Philadelphia.
1: Um, three NFC teams, by the way, in the top five. Two AFC teams. Whatever it's worth.
0: Right. And then the AFC filled out. Then the next. Three in the top eight. And then NFC, 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 NFC. So I think it it proves that the NFC is a little bit better. I was going to ask where you thought the Packers and the Vikings were, but you nailed um, both of those. And so then the last question I have for you before we get out. Okay. Again, I think we both agree Bill Belichick absolutely is the guy. That coach, one of the coach of the decade. Yep. Knowing what you just knew now, what you just learned there, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, or your boy, Mike McCarthy. Well, not, no. I mean. Even with a ring. This decade, second-best record in the in the NFL. Yeah, only one deck year this decade played without Mike McCarthy as the head coach.
1: Now, but here's the thing: they that that's right, one year without him. More wins than Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll has the Super Bowl Went to two, went to two Super Bowls. Sure, Mike went to one. Yep, and and also, like I mean, Mike McCarthy is is. He, he is the least revered Super Bowl winning coach as of right now that I'm aware of. Yep. And we'll see if he can figure it out in Dallas. But like when it went south, it, it was it was this was like three really bad years. It should have been the elite years of the Packers franchise and a lot of people put that at his feet.
0: I would agree with that. So let's throw Mike McCarthy out last question. Then Sean Payton I would argue is, Sean Payton is, over Pete Carroll no. because I think that the Seahawks have never they've only had the one losing season. The Saints have had none. I think that the Saints, at, just in terms of regular season performance and consistent NFC Championship game viability, have been better than the Seahawks. They you build, know, you know why it's not Sean Payton because of the bounty he game. He was suspended for a year.
1: Like that's that and is cause everybody the only because he makes the most money. That is the only reason. That's the only reason. Well, I don't think the committee of forty-two people cares too much about that. But true. Uh, yeah. So all right. Uh, good stuff.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business, from advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections. We're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: nine ESPN radio SWX Montana television at Gus to tell on Twitter. You're going to want that right now at one Oh two nine ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Also, you're going to want those right now. It is time for a wing it Wednesday. It's brought to us by our friends at the Desperado Sports Tavern. The Desperado open for business, boys and girls. Give them a call. They got curbside pickup for you. Wings, fries, meats, some of the best meats around. Get dinner at the Desperado. And win wings from us right now. We do it every Wednesday. Here's what we're going to do today, okay? We're going to have, I have a bunch of trivia questions, in fact, five for Coulter, okay? And he said today, he said, you write me the five hardest trivia questions that you can come up with. Now, I I wouldn't say that I've done, I don't think these are ungettable, but I think they are definitely an exploration of your, specifically professional sports knowledge to okay. some extent. Yep. And I've tried to get a breadth, kind of a cross-section of things here. Nice. Now, here's the deal. We're a little bit up against it on the clock, and I don't want Tommy to break the glass. So what we're going to do is we're going to get through one or two of these, and we'll see who, how many you've gotten right and wrong or whatever. And then uh, we, will, we will return uh, to this in the second hour. And then what we're going to do is whoever uh, wins this, if, if Coulter gets three or more right, He's going to go ahead and give you the wings. If he gets three or more wrong, I get to give you the wings through our Twitter accounts. Okay? So that's what we're going to do here. So, Coulter, let's start. Here's question number one. Since 2000, turn of the century, okay, okay four players have won the NFL MVP that were not quarterbacks. Who? The straight-up NFL MVP that were not non Not quarterbacks since 2000.
0: Not Defensive Player of the Year, but straight up...
1: MVP of the League. MVP of the League. And I, I have... If you need a little bit of help, because there's four of them, I, have, I do have a, a, a... How many of them are defensive players? Okay, I'll give you my hint. They're all running backs. They're all running backs. All of them. Okay, Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson in 2012. The other four are 2006 or earlier. Or other three, excuse me. other
0: three. 2006 or, or earlier. earlier. Yeah. Ladanian Tomlinson.
1: LT in 2006. Very good. <laughs> this is good. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes did not win the NFL MVP. in. Maybe he did in 99. I don't know if it was maybe before. He set the NFL rushing right, right.
0: touchdown record. So
1: I don't know if he won it that year, but it wasn't since 2000.
0: Okay. Um, pre-2006. Jamal Lewis.
1: Not Jamal Lewis. He had, that he had the 2002 season. Season. Yeah, it was unbelievable. One of these guys is uh, Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk yep. is absolutely it. This Didn't Marshall Falk actually
0: win two? He may have. one won in the late 90s as well. Yeah, he, he may have won. I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's still the only guy that went 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving in the same year.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Marshall Falk is, is the third one. Okay, Edgeron James? Nope. Um, Clinton Portis? No. This is this is one that you go you go, oh, oh, okay. right.
0: Jamal Lewis Jamal Anderson's huge year for the Falcons was in ninety-eight. It's the Seattle uh,
1: Seahawk. Oh, Sean
0: Alexander, Sean when, Alexander. when he broke Presol's record. Because yeah. that record was broken and rebroken, I think, three, maybe even four times in the span of like six in years. In a
1: row, right, right. Uh yeah, Sean Alexander in two thousand five. How about that? One of the most sort of Le- one of the least memorable uh, ones of it. Very good. Back Colter. when
0: he came out of Alabama and everybody still thought Alabama was bad.
1: Okay, this, this one is another one that's a list. It is the NBA, though. So, it, you know, this is, this is good for you. And we'll get through this one, and then we'll move on uh, to the next hour. Okay, since 2000, 10 NBA players have won the NBA MVP. Ten.
0: Ten. Out of the last 2,000. It, it,
1: since so 2000. there's been 20? No, yeah. no, Okay, let me say it differently. Okay.
0: Ten individuals have won the last 20 uh, MVPs.
1: No. Ten individuals in 20 years have won it once. So Just once. LeBron James, for instance, has won, won four. four of them. Right. Okay, What I'm asking you is who are the ten guys since 2000 that have won the NBA MVP that only won it once, that are not repeat guys. So Tim Duncan won it twice he, he, since 2000. So he's not on this list. So, this, and by the way, this includes, I'm including the 99 to 2000 season in the 2000s uh, for what it's worth. But 10 guys have won it one and only one time. This is interesting because this is an award that seems like guys sort of repeat. Like there's. Sometimes a consensus just best player who wins it two years in a row or three out of four years or whatever it is. You know, Magic, Bird, Jordan. on the, you right, know, all I the got way it. Through. I got it. So
0: uh, Derek Rose broke up LeBron's streak. LeBron would have had five in a row, except for Derek Rose won one. 10,
1: 2010, 2011. Russell Westbrook
0: has won one. Russell
1: Westbrook, 2016, 2017. James Harden has won one. Following year, James Harden. Giannis Antetokounmpo Most has won one. Most recently. So all, f- all four of those guys killed it. Yep. Good uh, job. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki won won. one, 2006-2007. That's five of the ten.
0: Probably the craziest part of this, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is a
1: one-time MVP winner. And even more crazy, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is also a one time MVP Look at you, Colter. how crazy. 99, is that? 2000 for Shaq and 0708 for Kobe. One time MVP winners for both of those guys. So
0: that's seven, I got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep.
1: Yep. So you're uh, missing Dwight three. Howard
0: should have won one, but he didn't. Yao Ming, no. Um who else won MVPs this last second? Kevin Garnett?
1: Kevin Garnett won it in oh three, oh four. Yeah. Okay. You almost uh, you almost got me there. No,
0: for Dwayne Wade. Um, crazy. There's so many guys that were so good that never won. An MVP. So there's you said Duncan won two. So he's not. in You're this. missing
1: two. One of them is is right on the fr. It was right after Shaq's year. You know, oh two thousand two thousand one. And then the other one is is a more recent one.
0: Hmm. Steve Nash won two. So that, yep, that's, he's not, out. that's not Steve
1: Nash. I'll tell you this. Steph, Steph Curry won two. LeBron won four. Two, yep. Stephen Nash won two, and Tim Duncan won two. So those are the other guys that have won yeah, them yeah, right, that were right, multiple winners. Right, so they're right. not. They're who not.
0: else is a one time MVP award winner? Man. I don't know. Okay. So I do know, but yeah, the, I mean the one
1: I, you should have gotten is Durant. KD. Oh, Kevin Durant, of course. Which is why you made me hesitate because you said Kevin Garnett, and then I was like, okay. And then AI. Allen Iverson won in 2000-2001, so he is the other one. That won oh, yeah, just yeah and the that's one. the
0: one that where the Lakers beat him down the finals. E- exactly. All right, more trivia.
1: Okay, we will do that at a, in about 30 minutes. We'll come back to that. Uh, that was I'm impressed, though, Colter. I mean, 8 out of 10 is very impressive. Two-tailing and one is our number one in the books, our two straight ahead. Justin Green, the running backs coach, and uh, a recruiting coordinator for the University of Montana football team. He joined us. We'll continue our Big Sky Conference Coaches football series with Justin Green right after this.